In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi. Everyone has learned lessons in life during their lifetime. Some good, some bad. But from everyone, there has been something learned. And now it's time to share that knowledge. It's called Paying It Forward. Here, these lessons learned are then paid forward to you. With you, Paying It Forward too. Josephine put her professional career on hold after the birth of her first child and turned her attention to being a full-time mother. Well, three kids later, Josephine started her own company, MyMomKnowsBest.com and Glovies, but was dismayed by a lack of information that people would share to help entrepreneurs be successful. That's where Paying It Forward was born. This is Paying It Forward on Drugginet.com. And now, here's your host, Josephine Girasi. Well, good morning, everyone. It's Josephine here. I hope you are all ready for a great show today. We are going to have an international best-selling author on today. But before I introduce our wonderful guest today, I'd like to share the business tip of the week. So last week, I got to attend a really incredible business conference. And I have to say, I was so impressed with one of the speakers. She did an, an, an amazing job. I mean, she gave a one-hour presentation. She never fumbled. She looked so natural. And all of her information was current, and it was right on target. So I got to talk to the presenter after... Um, Later on in the day, you know, during the conference, and I went up to her and I said, I was just so impressed with your presentation. I thought you did a great job. Well, her husband happened to be standing right next to her, and he turns to me and he said, well, if you could only see her practicing in the mirror at four o'clock in the morning, you'd know why she looks so natural. And you know what? I always heard that those that really, really practice they make it look so easy. So take out those mirrors and start practicing for your next presentation because I must say she shined like a star. So that is my business tip of the week. So with that, I am really, really excited about our guest today. So Chris Snook is his name. He's an international bestseller selling author, like I mentioned. He's an award-winning entrepreneur, and he's a self-described venture catalyst. I absolutely love that phrase. And um, he ensures that businesses and their owners innovate, grow, and thrive. In 2007, Chris co-authored the personal development smash hit, Wealth Matters, Abundance is Your Birthright. I can't wait to hear more about that. Chris has a company. His company is named the Lifestyle Enhancement Company, TLEC Ventures for short. And, um, it has a portfolio of early stage modern media enterprises. TLEC Ventures owns equity stakes in the No Limit Publishing Group, Parallel 6, Vivify Media, and Action Potentials. Chris's latest book, 
Wealth Matters Makeover Edition offers readers every tool needed to create a massive increase in residual cash flow in the new economic landscape. So with that, I am so excited to introduce Chris Nook. Welcome to Paying It Forward, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? It's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, it's really nice to meet you too, Chris. You know, when I had gotten the request to have you on the on paying it forward, I said, wow, he sounds like such an amazing guest. And I'm really honored to have you here. So thank you for taking time out of your busy day. Or should I say morning, Chris? Yeah, I, I, uh, I have a new, uh, a new reality in my last four weeks. It's uh, deal sheets and diapers. So I'm I'm uh, I'm a five week in father. So I, oh, I it wow. is a, it is an awesome uh, new experience, and and uh, I'm certainly up. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, Chris. Well, congratulations. It's such an exciting time, and I always tell new parents. I have three kids. They're five, seven, and nine. But like, I come from a very big family and my brothers and sisters are still, you know, I still have a new niece and nephew every couple of months. And I I always tell them, I'm like, trust me, every month that goes by, it really does get easier. But it's such a special time. It really is. So I wish you a lot of luck and I hope you really, really enjoy it. I, I am. I definitely am. All right. So Chris, tell me, um, Please tell us more about your background and your work experience. Yeah, I, um, you know, briefly, I, I, I grew up in a, in, in a wonderful family, but I grew up on the East Coast, um, Trenton, New Jersey, and, uh, and, you know, had a father that was a, a coach and an educator um, and then became a, a, an athletic director later in his career. My mom was kind of stay-at-home and, and, you know, worked part-time or bounced around and, and had little businesses here or there. But for the most part, you know, did not come up around business and certainly did not come up around wealth. Back then you could actually be middle class, um, which, uh, you know, was a blessing in, in a lot of ways. But I never had an idea that I'd want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, it was the furthest thing from my um Memory. I, I remember thinking early on I wanted to be, you know, we had friends that I called rich, and they just had more money than we are, and they drove nicer cars, but I didn't really understand what they meant. But, right. um, you know, I remember thinking, wow, their kids get a, a lot of cool stuff, you know, for, for Christmas and everything, and, and right. we get cool stuff, but it's a little different. And, and so, uh, But we had such a loving environment. I, I mean, every child truly should grow up in the environment I did, and, and, and I say that humbly because I, I really didn't have anything to do with it, but um, but it was it was that kind of home environment, so it was, it was rich I got such goosebumps, Chris, with you saying that, because I, like you, grew up, I have 10 brothers and sisters, and my poor dad worked two jobs just to keep the house going, and my mom stayed home, and then, you know, after baby number 10, she went back to become a nurse, and um, it's just kind of funny how other people had more as far as wealth goes, but everybody would want to come to my house because that's where the love was. So I get the same feeling that you grew up in the same environment and it's priceless. Yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, and so as a kid and growing up, I mean, I wanted to, I wanted to have that, obviously. I wanted to achieve that in my, in my family at some point mm -hmm. down the road. And, and at the same time, you know, I, I, I wanted to see how much, you know, how well I could do as well. And, and by well, I, I mean, for me, I thought 75 grand a year was a lot of money. Right. So coming out of college, I, I did everything, you know, that they said. I went to school. I got, 
good grades, and uh, you know, and, and I graduated, and I was being offered like twenty-two thousand dollars a year out of out of college, and I and I was going, wait a minute, I could have made that without going to college. So um, if it wouldn't be, if it hadn't been for college football, I'd be really pissed right now. So you know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I uh, you know I, I did the next rational thing, right? I went and got more college. Um, so I moved out to San Diego and went to grad school, and and rinse and repeat, I'll say. Um, so at twenty-five years old. Old, I um, I was standing in the ocean on my 25th birthday, and as, as anyone who's ever had that little mid 20s crisis, you go, "Wow, I really thought it'd be further ahead." You know, I, I was I was single because I'd broken off a relationship that was the right choice, but I'd broken it off, so I wasn't married. I didn't have two kids. Like at 18, you think the world's going to move a lot faster, and, and you're going to be a lot more mature. And at 25, I'm standing there and I'm going, "I'm working at a bar. I've got a master's degree. Um, what the hell am I doing?" And um, and 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 it wasn't really like this massive turning point, but it was like. I I was in a bad, you know, bad space, and I was like, I got to do something about this. And I read a book um, called Think and Grow Rich, which a lot of people have met. I, I wasn't a big reader at the time, but and it took me forever because I would like read three pages and then daydream and then read more. You know, it was just one of those things. But it really flipped something on in my brain, um, and I became uh, almost addicted in a positive way to personal development. And so I spent the next like year and a half just getting my hands on anything I could. Um, books, tapes, whatever it was. And, and you know, the more I fed that into my consciousness, the more my ideas opened up. And, and I was in California, and the world was a lot bigger than Trenton, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I, you know, and I got exposed to different things. And so I, I started a business, and uh, I, I was successful at learning how to raise money. I was very unsuccessful at um, how to put a business together, how to bring in people, how to do yeah. anything else. It's and, not uh, easy, Chris, right? And so, uh, so quickly, easy. yeah, so quickly in 02, I found myself a half a million dollars in debt um, between my own money that I had put in through my, my mortgage and my house and stuff like that to friends and family money. And, and I had no business. And, and I was trying to do like network marketing stuff and things like that on the side just to keep my cash flows going. But I hadn't really... Uh, hit that learning curve yet of how to do that right. So I wasn't very good at it. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's where I was in 02. And, um, and it was a, you know, it was a, it was an interesting time. And then, um, you know, fast forward from there, obviously I, I figured some things out and I, I fell in love with the whole process of building businesses and, and I've, you know, had some successes and I've had some whopping failures. Um, but I, I just, I fell in love with it and it kind of replaced, uh, for me, it replaced the only thing that I had loved up to that point, which was, um, the effort and preparation it took for me to play, uh, competitive football at a higher level. So it was a way to replace that kind of void with something that was ever as challenging, if not more so, and and I really just kind of found myself. So I, I, I rolled into it. I really didn't have any design to it, and 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 I just kind of you know grew up. Well, and, how did you roll into it, Chris? So you you failed once, which they always say those that fail and are able to pick themselves up and actually succeed are almost better off. Which yeah, I I, I, I think I th- you know. Um, it's, it's going to sound a little crazy for anyone who didn't play, but there's something about um, football that I realized in later in life that every 30 seconds, whether you're in practice or a game, you're picking yourself up off the ground. So even if you make the play, you tackle mm-hmm. someone and you're on the ground and you get up. And, and I never realized that when I was playing. But when I, when I failed in business the first time, 
And I got, and I was like, wow, half a million dollars in debt. And everybody's telling me, you know, well, just walk away from it, do this, do that, go get a job. And, and it just didn't feel right. Like, I, I didn't know what to do, but I was like, that doesn't feel right. I got to fix this. You know, I got to, I got to go make money somewhere else. I got to go do something and I got to pay these people back and I got to start over. And, and then in hindsight, I went, wow, you know, like it was a subconscious reaction for me to just get up. And I think a lot of that, <laughs> as crazy as this may sound, was embedded just because for 12 years, uh, you know, six months out of the year, I would hit the ground and get up, whether I wanted to or not, whether I could, whether I could see which color uh, jersey was in front of me or not. You know, and, Chris, and so I that's think that's amazing, and I'm going to have to tweet that quote today because we're coming up on um, on a quick break. This went so fast. I'm enjoying your story so much, but I'm going to tweet. You're on the ground, and you're you always get up. How's that, Chris? <laughs> But um, here we go. We're coming up to our tunes. We're going to take a really quick break, and we're going to be back with Chris Snook on Paying It Forward. Thanks, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on Toginet.com. I think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears, just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune in to Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us. For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleOdell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here, and we have an amazing guest today. His name is Chris Snook. And um, so, Chris, I loved your introduction. I love your story. But I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, and I would absolutely love to know a little bit more. Or if you could just briefly tell us about Wealth Matters, Abundance is Your Birth 
Right. That was um, the first edition, your first book, correct? Yes. Yeah. So the uh, the reason that book really came out was um, that was in 07. So I had, I had come through uh, my first, let's say, seven years of being an entrepreneur and and there, there's like evolutions in everything. And without me realizing it, when I had first started Josephine, I, I was really focused on the thing that I didn't have and didn't understand, and that was the money, right? Like I, I wanted it. I wanted to create it. I wanted to build businesses to create it. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that mindset, but, but it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily my authentic mindset. I, I'm, it's not because I don't care about money. I actually really like it. But, um, <laughs> But it wasn't it, it wasn't kind of in the right order. And so since I didn't know about how money worked or anything, I spent a lot of that time studying people that did and getting mentors that did. And I kind of went outside of my family core for that, as as, as you need to, because right. they, they they had enough money for them, but they didn't have the money that I wanted for my lifestyle as I was growing up. So I went outside of that. Talk, well, come- Chris, I have a quick question. Were you taught when you were younger because you were in middle class? Were you taught to really strive for it? Or were you more or less taught to, you know, be happy with what you had? I'm just curious. Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah, there was nothing that overt. It was kind of like be, you know, it was they were happy with what they had. So it was almost like a modeling thing of, you know, um, we're happy. We we went on vacations. I mean, I have no idea how they afforded some of the stuff they did. They prioritized where they spent their money to support that loving structure that I that I spoke of. So, so it was a rich environment, even though the the nominal value was you know was not you know in the millions or anything like that. So the reason why wealth matters, abundance of your birthright, got written. The main reason was. Um, I had learned a lot about myself, about wealth, um, about the different kinds of wealth, and I and I'd seen a lot of trends in my own experience as well as other people that there was this whole you know you either have money or you or you have everything else, and I thought that was silly, but I had kind of gone through seven years of of my own experience and realized that when I chased. <clears throat> some of those things, I lost myself. So I would mentor under people, but I would I would lose myself in the process. And and you can only lose your you can only find yourself after you've lost it. And and I think that's a, a key point is that you sometimes have to lose who you are to find out who you really are. And mm-hmm. so wealth matters abundance of your birthright was kind of me coming back around full circle. I co-authored it with my father because I realized at the end of seven years that although I went everywhere but my family to learn about business, that everything I really learned about success, I learned from them. They just didn't apply it in business the way that I had. So so it was really oh kind my. of... Chris, I just have to tell you, like, I, I feel all choked up that you would turn to your dad and actually write a book with him. That is such a special thing. I can only imagine you're passing it on to your children. I mean, that is so special to have that time with your dad that... Was your dad more or less a mentor, or you were looking at his point he's, of view? He is. He, he is. He is truly my my ultimate mentor, um, oh, and wow. he and and he's truly one of my. I hate uh, I hate to say it this way because it may seem like I, there's some lack of respect or there's some equalization of the two of us. I, he's truly my best friend in in the male oh. world, but not like he's my best friend. Like we go hang out and drink beers or do that stuff. Like he's he's appeared to me now, but we've but it's taken him and and being willing to have an adult conversation with me on an ongoing basis. And and I like I said, I'm really blessed. So the the purpose of the book was, hey, look, here's this guy who's young, who's motivated, who wants to go conquer stuff because that's what young guys want to do that's me and here's what i've learned losing half a million dollars coming back from it being stranded in airports coming back from it but here's what i here's here's what the person who i respect the most has learned uh through you know through his first 50 some years and and here's his perspective on those same things because 
they were both important. So if, if you're looking at it from how do you go out and drive and conquer and achieve and, and push the envelope, but you also want to look at it from a, a, a sensibility of, of uh, hindsight and, and legacy, well, then here's a book that has both. So that's what the original book was about. And, um, and, and it was at the right time in the market. We were in a different, uh, or a different um, time. The reason why the second book came out without jumping ahead too much was because it was an incomplete book, in my opinion, um, in its current state, given the times that we're in today. And, and I felt mm-hmm. like needed to, we needed to add something to it in order to make it relevant beyond the prosperity times. So that's, yeah, that's that was, so, so <clears throat> important. I think that was brilliant of you to do that because not that the other information is outdated, but it's nice to add the change of times. Because if it's truly cyclical, like history has shown us, all that information will become relevant once we hopefully get out of this recession. Well, and, and you know, and the, and, and the truth is, is I, I didn't like, I couldn't talk about Wealth Matters Abundance Change Your Birthright anymore for the last three years. And it wasn't because I didn't believe that the book had good content in it. It's mm-hmm. because I didn't feel authentic in it. Um, you know, when that book came out, you know, I'm not a jewelry guy. I don't wear a lot of jewelry. You know, I, I'm really grateful, and, and I love the jewelry that I was given by a sponsor to wear on the front cover. But it's like it was it was inauthentic to me because it was a little bit – ostentatious. It was a little bit, you know, just kind of, um, I don't know what the word would be, but to me, it just didn't feel right. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't the kind of wealth that, that, that I felt like I really wanted. Plus I, I never want to be one of those guys that everybody goes, Oh, he wrote a book on wealth matters. So everything's great in his life. You know, everything is great in my life, but I have problems. And one of the things that happened within like eight months of that book coming out and it's selling mm-hmm. in like 13 countries is I had a business that was losing 40 grand a month that we had invested and had a bad partnership it was flawed and it was uh, and it was a victim of the real estate market crashing because we put a brick and mortar facility up in, in an area that um, people stopped moving into and uh, and so essentially everything I was making on one side of our, our consulting business was being used to just try and band-aid this thing that was bleeding to death and uh, and then to make matters worse the the partner in that um, quit and decided to file Chapter 7, and it forced almost $3 million worth of liabilities on my head overnight because I didn't have it structured right. So what was, what was ironic was I had this book called Wealth Matters, right, and I'm bankrupt. Wow. So, so what, what, what the second edition was, was really about was like, look, bad stuff happens to all of us. If you're going to be in business, there's certain things you can't control. There's a lot of people listening maybe that have 10 or 12 investment properties that were cash flow positive four years ago, and today they're underwater and they're walking away and they got bad credit. And they were millionaires or they were, they were doing okay, right? And they had a retirement. Sure. And, and so this book was really about, look, I screwed, I, you know, I had some bad stuff happen too. Three years ago, I had $2.7 million land on my head and, um, and my wife and I were, were, you know, were struggling. Um, but three years later, you know, we own three companies and, and, and we're doing good. And so we've done that in the worst economy in a hundred years. And, but, but we didn't do that because we're like smarter than everybody else or because we were lucky. I got whacked over the head harder than I ever thought. You know, I'm talking about right. half a million dollars in the first edition, like that was all the money in the world. You know, times that by five when six months after the book comes out, and how do you keep going? So I, we, I just yeah, felt that's like... that's my question, Chris. Listening to your story, what was going through your mind when you were at the lowest point? Is that the incident in the airport? No. Well, it was. 
<laughs> the first book, it was the low point, right? That was a turning point for me. But that was really – see, it's interesting. The first book, I talk about the airport where it was half a million dollars in debt, and I got stranded in Dallas Airport, and, and I couldn't make my connecting flight, and I had no way to call the people that were supposed to pick me up. And I was three days away from losing my house and my car, which I never did. Like, I talk about that in 07 as the low point, which the, the, was in 02. Um but you know this the the, the wow, six months later there was a whole new low point right six six months later uh, from the book coming out which was five years outside of that airport okay. and in the middle of '08 I, I had a new low point um, but it was a different type because the, this time around I knew who I was the first time around I didn't know who I was the low point caused me figuring it out this time around I knew who I was okay. so it was a different kind of low point does that make sense. Absolutely. So you must have had a lot more confidence in yourself saying, listen, if I could get out of that low point the first time, I'm going to get out this time probably a lot quicker than I did the first time. Is that what you were thinking? It, simply, it was like the first time around, I was still trying to decide and, and, and understand whether or not I was an entrepreneur, like whether or not this was for me. And, and the second time around, I knew one thing. I didn't know anything else, but I knew one thing. There's honestly nothing else that Chris Snook was born to do with the rest of his life. I don't want to do anything else other than I'm doing. I wouldn't change places with any other human being on this earth. My wish for everyone on this phone or this radio show is at some point in your life, you get the gift of wishing nothing else other than who you are. Because that will get you through anything. It was brutal going through a, a, a you know chapter mm-hmm. seven of lawsuits and all that stuff from a, from a day to day you know kind of pain in the butt thing. But sure. but it's like it, it's different when you truly know you know what this is just what I'm in right now and and I don't want to be anybody else. And and so I had that going the second time. It was a lot different. Uh, you know, it's a lot different when you have that going. Sure, you must have had a whole support system around you. Yeah, I, I, you know, we um, the best support system is is my wife. I I uh, I, I got really um, fortunate uh, because she she's literally. I, I always joke around and say I'm a very committed person. But if the shoes are flipped, like if you know, she's been in this this entrepreneurial uh, car with me since we've met, and we've been married seven years in January. But she's been through you know the, the at least three quarters of my business career, and um, and you know she's always it's never been easy, and she's always been a good support. But she's she's been able to ride passenger to some stuff that I kind of honestly say I, I wouldn't have ridden through. <laughs> I mean, I would have been out the door. Yeah, I hear you there. I have to tell you, Chris, my husband's name is Chris, and he's an entrepreneur too. And I have to tell you, um, it's funny what this recession can do to a marriage. It, if you can survive these times as a couple and ride out the storm, I think you can survive anything. That's just my take on it. I agree. I, I agree. And I think, I, think, yeah, I think people have to realize that. I think they have to realize that. It's exactly what you said. It's just a storm. You know, there's nothing permanent in this world. So this isn't permanent. Right? There's nothing. We're not permanent. We're going to die someday. We don't even know when. So I, I think that's a key thing that you just said, that, that uh, you know, ride out the storm. I mean, it's just a storm. 
Yeah, it's tough, but we can all do it as long as you put your heart and mind to it. But we're coming up to another break. But I'm curious, um, I want to know about the terror barrier that you talk about um, in your book. So we'll be back shortly. And we have Chris Snook. He is an award-winning author who's going to come back and tell us more about his book. We'll be back shortly, everyone. We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi right after these on toginet.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. On Toginet.com. Season Me is on Toginet. A delightful, thoughtful, serious, and not so serious call in show with Cecil Murphy and Twyla Belk. Tuesday nights at 8, 7 Central on Toginet.com. You know Cece is the veteran author from 90 Minutes in Heaven, Gifted Hands, When a Man You Loved Was Abused, and many other books, as well as a mentor for writers. And Twyla Belk is an effervescent force known as the Gotta Tell Somebody Gal. She's also a writer and motivational speaker who's always bragging on God. For more on Cecil Murphy, go to his website, Cecil Murphy, that's P-H-E-Y dot com. And for Twyla, GottaTellSomebody.com. The show, Season Me, is a far-reaching, faith-based, shared conversation and call-in show with questions welcome. A chance to get everything out in the open. From questions about writing, to surviving sexual abuse, to the topics of the day. All from a Christian worldview to help you. Season Me, Cecil Murphy, Twyla Belk. Tuesday evenings at 8, 7 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi on toginet.com. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine, and we have Chris Nook on the line with us today. So, Chris... Um, before we get to the terror barrier phrase, and I'm dying to know what that's all about, I'd love to tell, can you tell us about your co-author, Mazafar Nadfi? Did I just mess that up? Or yeah, what? you did pretty good. You did pretty well, Mazafar Nadfi. Uh, yeah, so Mazafar and I actually met. Um, he is uh, someone I've known um, or been uh, in, in acquaintance with for about 11 years. Uh, we'd never worked together, but I'd watched what he'd done. He is, he is literally, in my opinion, um, and I've studied this industry, uh, written theses for the MBA program at San Diego State around it, uh, of network marketing, and, and he is, in my opinion, literally one of the top network marketing professionals uh, in the world. Um, 
he's uh, he's he's right around my age, and he's been doing it full time since he graduated college. So I, I've known him, and I've watched him on um, trainings or seminar. I've seen him speak several times throughout the years, and and um, we had mutual contacts. But um, when the second book came, when the second book uh, came about, it, it came out of a conversation that I was having uh, conceptually with him. Um, and I said, you know, there's there's two types of entrepreneurs. I said, there's innovators and there's operators. Ninety-five percent of people are operators. The difference, quickly, that I talk about in the book is an innovator is someone who's trying to change the world, right? So everybody from a Mark Zuckerberg to, to whoever, the people that we think of, Steve Jobs, right, change the world. Right. Um, those are like less than 5%, and even less than them will ever be successful at it. And that's a long road. That's that's failure, 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 and then all of a sudden something pops. Thomas Edison was an innovator, right? Changed the world. Right. So there's a different makeup in the innovator entrepreneur. We There's a whole different book and a whole different class of stuff for those people because that's a different ride. Most people, whether they realize it or not, they want to start a business, are operator-type entrepreneurs. What they're looking for is a vehicle to change their world. So... Oh. So That's there's a very interesting. Right? So if you're trying to change the world, you're an innovator. If if you're not sure, you're probably an operator just by the statistical default. And so you don't want to spend a lot of time trying to innovate because what you're really looking for is a way to change your world financially, personally, emotionally, whatever it is. You're trying to change your world, and you're looking for a vehicle called entrepreneurship to do it. Well, you can drive a Hugo or you can drive a Ferrari, and, and there's a difference, right? So the vehicle makes all the difference. Even if you have the best driver in the world, you put Mario Andretti in a, in a you know, a beat-up old Fiat, he's not winning the Indy 500 or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So so what we talk about in the book is, well, then, if I'm an operator entrepreneur, what are my choices, and, and how do I, you know, analyze them, return on invested capital, time, energy, money, risk, all that stuff. And there's three choices that most people think of, right? Franchises, there's an internet-based business that you do from home, whether that be a blog site or an Etsy page or whatever it is. And then there's network marketing, which is a third type of business model that's been around since 1954. So if you have these three choices, how do you analyze which one's right for you? And then which, and then once you analyze which industry or which plan is right for you, how do you pick the right deal, like the right company to, to support? And so I brought him his offer in because there's no one that's more of an expert. He's been around the industry for 16 years. He's been in multiple companies. And as he says, you know, 98% of the companies in network marketing have a flaw in their comp plan or in something that will cause them to spin out or, or go away or just basically every two years you're into another deal. And there's 2% of the companies that, that, that have a really solid, stable background, good products, good leadership that you can build a business in that it will be residual and last a long time. So how do you help people that don't know the difference find one of those 2% companies? And then once you do, how do you actually have the tactical expertise to make it work? And uh, and, and so that's why I brought him in because he he literally is is that piece of the book. Is, is He helps people understand how to analyze it. He coaches them on how to do the business properly, and um, and his track record has got you know hundreds of people that he's helped achieve strong five and six figure incomes in the last sixteen years in network marketing. So it was well, I love the fact fit. that you actually brought a co-author in who had his own specialty and expertise, and you were able to add your expertise, which makes the book so powerful. I think, Chris. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was important to me this time around that it wasn't all conceptual. We really had to ground it for people in here's a reality that you're facing. And if you have limited liquidity, which most people have right mm-hmm. now, 
you know, there's three choices that you're going to get. To, you have to start something. Look, we're, none of us are getting any richer by, by the nature of appreciation, right? I mean, savings rates are below one point. You're still paying tax on it. Like, we all know this. Whether we know it or not, we intuitively know it. So you have got to get massive amounts of passive residual ongoing income with leverage coming into your bank account. Well, there's only one way to do that. That's through business. And if you don't know how to trade stocks, and if you don't know how to buy real estate in any market, or you're learning, it's too much risk to learn. So if you can start a business for a couple hundred dollars, right, and, and have overhead of a hundred dollars a month, well then, and get and not have to pay for each asset you accumulate, right, which is network marketing. You don't have to pay for the assets you accumulate like you do with a franchise. Well then, then that makes a lot of sense. But the challenge is that industry has been wrought, as many people have probably realized, with a lot of um, opportunists, we'll say. I won't call them scam artists, but just opportunists, right? right? And who have preyed on people. We see it all the time, because... especially on Twitter. I see, I must see twenty a day. Yeah, and and the challenge is, is none. Of, everything looks good, right? Every deal mm-hmm. looks good. I mean, that's the nature of it. Every deal looks good. It's like, wow, this is the best product ever. This is the best comp plan ever. So what we've done is we've said, look, everything's going to look good. So if you know that everything's going to look good, well, then how do you really analyze it? It's kind of like having a mechanic look at a car before you buy it or an inspector look at a house before you buy it. They're going to clean it up. They're going to make it look as good as possible when you're walking through it. You need an expert to help you analyze what might be wrong or what the risks are. So that's why I brought him in because he is that guy. So if someone's looking for a deal or they're looking at a deal, then they have all the tools in this where they can run it through a, a car wash, so to speak, and check it. And, um, and and then, you know, as far as training and how to do it better and more efficiently, I mean, there's no one better in my opinion. So I'm very honored to have him uh, part of this project. Oh, that's great. That's really good. Um, all right. So do you want to talk about the terror barrier? I feel like you touched yeah. on it already, but do you want to just... Um... I'll, 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 I'll hit it with this. You know, there's something that everyone, every, all of us experience fear. Um, we, I experienced fear right before my, my son was born, not because I didn't want him, but just because it's a natural thing. So all that barrier is, is this recognition of there's a new idea, there's a new paradigm you're operating with in your conscious mind that doesn't match with the current paradigm or understanding you have of your world and your subconscious mind, which makes you breathe in your heartbeat without you thinking about it. And when you get that, you get this, you get this like contrasting vibration, and it shows up as anxiety and fear if you don't redirect it. There's only two fears, according to Maxwell Maltz, who, who's the famous doctor that wrote uh, Psycho-Cybernetics way back in the 60s, all about the brain. There's only two fears that are hardwired into our mind, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Those are our innate fears that are there to protect us from being killed, right? Hmm. So, okay, and if that you've makes ever sense. Slipped, yeah, if you've ever slipped, you know that to be true, right? If you've ever slipped, you forgot exactly what you were thinking about the minute you slipped, and you can't remember what it was, right? Because all your brain does is go into stabilize. If you've ever heard a loud noise that you weren't expecting, you forget everything. Your 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 slate is wiped clean. Those are the two fears that are that are actually hardwired. Everything else is made up. Everything else is us directing energy into a, a negative direction. So if you realize that when you feel feel fear. All that you need to do to step forward is to realize that if I'm not falling or I don't hear a loud noise, then what this is, is this is a old paradigm facing a new opportunity, not sure of what's on the other side. And so I'm feeling anxiety and I'm calling that fear that if I step through it, the other side's going to be there and I'll be okay. If I step backwards, then my life as I know it is going to continue. And if I don't like my life as I know it, well, then that's stupid. Oh, I love this. 
That was really, in my opinion, profound, Chris, step through the fear to get to the other side. It's so important. I mean, I am a true entrepreneur, Chris. I have been trying to bring my product to the marketplace for six very long years. And it's very, very hard. And you're so right. So many times I think I create my own fear. Like, it doesn't even exist, but I'll create it in my head, and it'll cause a barrier that's not necessary. And I don't know, something clicked within myself a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know what? I don't care about anything anymore. I'm just going to make it happen, and I'm making it happen by the end of the year. Then it's, it's amazing. All of a sudden, doors start opening up where you never imagined it to. Yeah. There, again, you know, back to the football thing, uh, we used to always hear coaches would always say, don't stand around the pile, right? You know, when all the guys tackle each other and there's a big pile, mm-hmm. so don't stand around the pile. Either get in it or get away from it. And the reason why is because if you're standing around the pile, that's when you get rolled up on and someone blows out your knee or whatever it is, right? Like somebody's body rolls up on you. It's impossible sense. to hit a, a moving target. It's a lot harder to hit a moving target, right? So that when you feel fear, right, if you, if you shake, if you stand in your boots and you shake and you kind of paralyze yourself, you're you're dead sitting dock, right? The world is moving forward exponentially quicker than it's ever has in the history of our in our universe, right? We, I mean, Moore's law is almost obsolete, and that and that was like profound 15, 20 years ago, right? We sure. are getting so much complexity so fast that if if you are fearful and you step backwards, you're you're. I mean, that's better than standing still, but there's nothing back there for you. So so if you step forward, it doesn't mean you're not going to face new challenges. It doesn't mean you're not going to make a mistake, but you're failing forward or you're making, you're getting new data, right? So so new data, you can always make new decisions. I mean, you you have to be willing to make decisions. That's all you have to be willing to do. You don't have to be willing to, you don't have to worry about being right. You just have to make new decisions and be willing to make another decision after you've just made another decision. If you can do that. It sounds to me, you're so right about that, Chris, but it sounds to me, and I love this, that if you had to make a business decision and you were not 100% sure about it, this is just my take on it. It seems like you turned to people to get their advice and ultimately probably made the decision on your own. But I love the fact that you look to mentors and other people to help you make, you know, some decisions. Is that what happened? Yeah, and, and I'm sure we're coming up on another break here quickly, so I'll, I'll try and be brief, but there's a section of the book called The Circle of Influence, right? And and we've all heard this, right, Circle of Influence. You become uh, the 10% plus or minus of the five people you spend the most time with. Right, so if you hang out with single people and you want to be married, you're probably not going to get married. If you hang out with people that drink a lot and you don't want to drink a lot, you're probably not going to, you know, be sober very often. Like so, so in other words, this makes sense, right? If you hang out with people that are middle class, you're going to be middle class, and it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It's just it's like, what do you want? So I have always wanted to be the best that I could be at this thing called business. So I've always tried to put myself around people that are smarter than me. It doesn't, and there always comes a point where you will become the smartest person in your room, and then it's time to get a new room. It doesn't mean you leave those friends forever. It just means in order to do what you just said, you got to know, like, everyone has an opinion. It's a rote response. What do you think? Everyone will tell you what they think, but it doesn't mean they were thinking. So so you have to get... That's great. We are up on a break, but we're going to be back really quick to talk a little more about surrounding yourself with really smart people because I think that's so smart. We'll be back shortly, everyone. Thanks. 
We'll be right back with more Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi right after these on Toginet.com. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you. Here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage. Connect with Juliana in media.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Get ready for Officer Radio every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern only on officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of officer.com and hosted by editor-in-chief of officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Welcome back to Paying It Forward, the show dedicated to helping every entrepreneur be more successful as we discuss accomplishments, lessons learned, and sharing those ideas. Now, let's get back to Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi on toginet.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's Josephine here. We have only one more segment of Paying It Forward. It's going so quickly. I have Chris Snook with us today. Um, Chris, right before break, you were talking about, you know, trying to surround yourself around the most intelligent people you can get your hands on. And that is precisely what Dick Pector had said to me many years ago when I was in an MBA training program. And I have to say that is my number one best piece of business advice I was ever given. And um, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. So that was a great um piece of information to share with the listeners. So with that... Before we um, go forward, um, Chris, I would love to give you the opportunity to tell my listeners how they can get your book, when it will be available, and if they have any questions, how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Um, well, the, the book is due to come out November 4th. Uh, it's up. I, I just checked. Uh, it looks like the, the graphic and stuff hasn't loaded yet on Amazon, but it, it, it will be up for pre-order on Amazon Um as we speak, um, but uh, and you'll see the old version, but the new version is called Wealth Matters Makeover Edition, and the subtitle is Rebuild and Restore Your Life Victorious. So um, 
that that one will be up on on all the trade for pre-order but it actually uh comes out November 4th. The best thing for for people to do just to stay in the loop on everything is go to facebook.com forward slash wealth matters to me. Wealth matters T O M E. Um if you want to message to us, if you want to if you want to comment on the page, if you want to be kept in the loop as to, you know, anything that's happening specials that we're doing during the pre-launch, that's that's where those updates will happen. Wow, I love that too. Wealth matters to me. That's great. That sounds really good. All right, so that's good. So everybody knows how they can get in touch with our guest, Chris Nook. Okay, so Chris, before we move on to our five business tips, um, I would love to ask you a little bit about the 90-day blueprint for building wealth that's in your book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course, yeah. Um, so that that area is is really, as we talked about, there's about seventy new pages to this edition from the from the previous edition, and and this chapter is one of those um, additional pieces of content, and it, and it's really heavily uh, mixed between myself myself and Ms. Offer, and and what it is is it's truly like a ninety day thing. Most people that start in a home based business or or something like that to create a cash flow uh, engine um, don't really understand what they're getting into, and and don't really understand, you know, kind of the numbers game that, that makes it work. So everybody gets sold on this idea that I can go get three who get three and then I'll be a millionaire. And, and you know, let's face it, we all know that's crap. Just like we know that, just like we know that you can't take a pill and eat what you want and lose 40 pounds, right? But we right. still buy into it. So what the 90 day blueprint is, is, well, if that's, if that's like part of this the deal, how do I actually do it? What are the real numbers? How do I actually do it? How should I approach my day? And, and Mazafer walks you through. If you want to make this much money, do this. If you want to make this much money, do that. And and if you're in the right comp plan, these things will be, kind of be foregone conclusions, but here's what you need to know, um, which I really appreciated. And, and I kind of asked him to do because, again, there's there's no such thing as get rich quick, but that doesn't mean you have to get rich slow. It just means you have to know what you're, what you're taking on, which which is a good segue probably to the, to the five tips because there's a lot of that in there. Okay. Oh, gosh. I am so excited to learn all of this. Um, I'm learning so much from you, and I so appreciate it, Chris, and I'm sure my listeners are too. So, all right. So, I asked you to send me five of your very best business tips. I love to wrap up my show with this. And your first one was um, commit to the entrepreneurial lifestyle. Tell us about that, Chris. Uh, I'll start with the word that, that we all throw around and that we all say that we do, and, and I'm guilty of this too, right? Commit. Commitment, the best definition of commitment I ever heard uh, was, I, I'm trying to remember who said it to me, but I can't. So commitment is um, doing what you said you would do long after the emotion has worn off from the moment you decided to do it. Mm, love that. Wow. Because if it, so, so the first part is really understanding what that means. You know, entrepreneurial lifestyle is not the nine to five lifestyle, right? It is a different deal. You're being responsible for not only your own income, but if you have employees or partners or distributors or anything like that, you're literally taking on the lives of others. I don't lose sleep anymore over whether or not I'm going to eat. I know my wife and I are always going to eat. I know we're always going to be fine. We're going to drive cars that we want to drive. Like whether we can afford, you know, five of them or 10 of them is irrelevant, right? It doesn't matter. I know we'll always be okay. Because I've kind of, I, I just, it's in my subconscious now, like, we'll always find a way. No matter what happens to us, we'll always find a way. But it's so much beyond that. Because even if you're building a network marketing company where everyone's an independent distributor and they're in your team, right, the bottom line is you're still responsible 
to, to lead and plug them in and lead by example. So by being an entrepreneur, you are committing to a lifestyle bigger than yourself. Most people think entrepreneurs just want to be rich, and that's what, is what everyone says with this whole, you know, capitalism, blah, 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 is bad. The, the, the kind of corporate corruption and stuff and unethical stuff is bad. But entrepreneurship is the most unselfish act because you're creating jobs, you're creating opportunities, and ultimately what you're saying to yourself is I'm committing to be responsible for them. I don't lose sleep over anything other than payroll. I don't lose sleep over anything other than people's benefits, right? And so most people worry about their own life. When you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a home-based entrepreneur, a network marketing entrepreneur, a franchise owner, or one of those innovators that we talked about, you are essentially saying, I am going to be responsible for my life, my customers' lives, and my employees' and my vendors' lives. And I'm going to accept that responsibility, and I'm going to be I'm going to own up to it no matter what. So that's what committing to that means, and you need to know that going in. And then yeah, depending on how responsible you want to be, you, you, you pick the vehicle, right? If you don't want to be responsible for payroll and all that stuff, then pick network marketing, cause, but you still have responsibility. Sure. I think that's great, but I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs starting out, their biggest fear or one of their biggest fears is hiring their first employee. Because I think they realize, gosh, once I hire them, I really have to make this work. So yeah, but it's so, I'll tell you what, there's nothing, at least for me, and I can't speak for anybody else. For me, what gets me out of bed, what, there's, there's only a handful of things that motivate you through everything. And I'll tell you, I, it, it, I could be crazy, but I love being responsible for other people's lives. It's not easy. But I love that people trust us enough or, or that, that I have the chance to help someone else eat. I love that, 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 that my skills and my assets and, and our team can make sure that other people have opportunity. And, and it's, it's not an easy deal sometimes. It's, it's, it's definitely adding something else to the plate for sure. But, again, you're adding a lot of upside to the plate too. You know, you don't have to have kids. Having a kid is a different deal. You're now responsible for another life. Well, it's no different. Most people have kids. If you can have a kid, you can start a business, but you can't treat your business different than you treat a kid. It's a baby. For the first five years, <laughs> it will kill itself if you leave it untouched, if you don't watch you, it. Yeah, you are so, so right, Chris. I always tell everybody I have four children, and the fourth would be my Glovey's business. So you're yeah. so right, and a lot of people say the same thing. A lot of other you know, mom entrepreneurs that I know all feel the same way. But this is such great information. I want to make sure we have time to get through all of these tips. So I'm going to move on to the second tip, which I think is so important. And a lot of my guests who have come on, unfortunately, had tough times with partners. So I think this is a really important tip to share. Choose partners with care and get good lawyers and accountants early on. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I've 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 had three partners, and and um, and I and and you know, the number one really dictates a lot. What you have to realize is just like marriage, right? Like, if you commit to the entrepreneurial lifestyle and you have an understanding what that means to you, well, then that's great. If you choose a partner in any way with someone else, essentially what you're saying is that they're going to run parallel to you. It's not about them being just like you or being under you. It's about them committing at the same level and, and buying into that, but then doing that again and again and again and again. And invariably what happens is people, as they grow, they learn about themselves. So if you if you choose a partner or if you come on with a partner because you think you need money or you think you need you know bandwidth and you don't want to hire them or they don't want to be hired and say, well, let's just partner, um, you have to really be careful with that because a lot of times what will happen is the whole process of building something changes who we are. We evolve in it and it's a great thing but as we evolve sometimes people learn things about themselves they didn't know when they said yes and it makes it 
decision to stay different and and it creates friction and then you know and then god forbid you don't have things structured right or very clear up front uh it just creates a mess and a lot of distraction and and i've learned that the hard way trust me i've, I've learned that you know um two times the hard way and 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 it's never easy i i don't partner with people because i don't i, I want to break up with them i partner with people because i believe in them so you just have to be willing to to ride the storms and when they come but to choose them with care and and really assess whether or not you need them to get where you want to go yeah, I think that's great. Okay, so be careful when you choose your partners. Great. Number three, build something that is meaningful to you and pour yourself into it. Yeah, we've always heard that, you know, if you do what you love, the money will come. Um, that's, a, that's a great cliche. I don't necessarily agree with that cliche, but I don't disagree with it either. I love what I do. If you, if you love what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to do it end of story. And you're going to trade time, money, and energy to do anything in your life. You want to work for someone else and that fulfills you, that's wonderful. You are trading time and energy in exchange for a certain amount of money, right? Time is the asset we can't get back. Sure. Money you can always make more of. Energy moves from one form to the next. It's, it's not destructible, right? Time is, is finite. Time is gone. So, Build something meaningful. I mean, you and I are dying every second or we're living. So it's like if you're going to do this and you're going to take on all the responsibility and all the challenges and you're going to run through these walls and you're going to do all this stuff, well, then why the hell do something that's just like kind of okay and, you know, interesting Me. to you? Yeah, I do think... something that's meaningful to you because you'll never feel like you're working and it'll, it'll make it easy for you to come through. So that's, that's all I mean by that. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. So the fourth tip is plan for failure and focus on success. I love that. And the fifth one is learn to play hurt. Yeah, okay. so they kind of go together, and, and I know we're coming up on, on the top of the hour here. Yeah. So plan for failure is, again, me saying to you um, the pragmatic and the idealistic, right? You have to be optimistic to be an entrepreneur. You have to be idealistic or, or you wouldn't want to change anything for the better. At the same time, you have to be realistic to be successful. So focus on success. Don't worry about what you have to run through. Like no one cares about how many obstacles or, you know, no one in, in the gold digging world cares about how much dirt they had to move when they find the big gold dug it. So if you have to move four inches of dirt to find a gold nugget, that's, that's fine. If you have to move 4,000 tons of it to find a gold nugget, then that's fine. No one talks and no one counts the dirt. They only count the gold. So focus on success, right? And if you have to run through obstacles, then fine. But plan for failure because you will fail. And failure is going to lead you to the thing that's going to make you more successful. Sometimes you launch a product and you find out the market doesn't like it that way, but they like this part of it. And that failure makes you make that product more meaningful to them, which means you're successful. So plan for failure. Learning to play hurt is you're never going to be at 100%, so learn to play hurt. Wonderful. Well, I have to tell you, Chris, I think we ran out of time, but I'm going to have you back on Paying It Forward. Hopefully, you'll find the time to be our guest again. Thank you so much for everything you did. An amazing